This episode of Lightning Strikes Thrice is brought to you by our incredible patrons. Patrons like Adam Studley and the Bear Friend Tea Party, who is only okay, but I didn't want to rewrite this. If you want to help us keep making the show like they do, you can visit pitchdrop.cash and contribute as little as a buck a month. We really appreciate it. You are listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, a JRPG Games Club podcast. This is Season 10, Episode 9, covering days 31 to 35 of Wolfstride. I am your host, Chris Taylor. My pronouns are he, him, and with me today are my co-hosts. Sibilarna, any and all pronouns. Ryan Beatty, my pronouns are they, them. Last time, we had a birthday party for Knife. We fought a guy. Who did we fight? Was that St. Sorori? Yes. Yeah. The probably not Saint Sayori. Yeah. Well, the mech was Saint Sayori. Is the that the pilot wasn't Typhoon. Fair enough. Probably not Typhoon in the Saint Sayori. I correct myself. Oh, and then Knife like discovered his like inner warrior spirit and his character motivation at the uh, plot exposition cliff. Mm-hmm. And also, we started an arc where there was a hidden cat in the hangar. And we're going to start today with Day 31. And speaking of that, the start of Day 31 has Duke asking who's feeding the fucking cat already. Where, yet again, the dialogue is clearly showing Nebraska making faces at this. The fact that this is... If you drew that face, use that face. (laughs) (laughs) It's more the fact that, at this point, how has nobody figured this out? This is a surprise to everyone. (laughs) <laughs> Duke is incapable of turning around. His ankles don't work, and he can only face the robot using the wrench. <laughs> Shade says, chill out. It's just a damn cat. And Duke goes off saying it's not just a cat for him. It's animal instinct. Having it so close is keeping his senses active at all hours of the day, and he can barely sleep. Shade says, don't worry, I'll handle it giving an alarmed face from Nebraska. And Duke goes, And by that you mean you'll get it far away from here, right? Shade says, Don't worry, I got your back, Duke. Even Duke's like, Please don't drown this cat in the river. Uh Yep. On the way out of the place, Shade decides he should talk to Z about the cat situation. And uh, this first message when you are leaving the hangar is where it started to notice that the... uh, Script is really, really in need of a second polish pass at this point. There's a lot of grammar errors, missing punctuation. Things are just falling apart. Well, that's because they're really, really off script. Wait, you guys should fucking read the conversation between Shade and Oyabon at the end of this episode. It's a completely different conversation in the script. Because basically what happened is they introduced like character drift early, and now they're like more and more off of the original script. I went to in a way that's like interesting. I went to check a line from this episode and realized the entire conversation and character didn't exist in the original script. Wow. Oh, Coltrane? Uh, no, the reporter. 
Oh, you mean the guy who also you talk to immediately after National Legend and has the same voice actor who is not doing a good job of doing a different voice? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I don't hear the voices anymore. Oh, it was to a distracting degree. It is National Legend's voice actor, and you talk to him immediately after National Legend, and the voice, they cannot do a distinct enough voice for it to not be very distracting. This game has gone to podcast while I play it tier. Oh, the vo- oh no, I like the voice acting too much. Except for this one tiny instance. Okay. So, when we're out running these errands and, like, the the quest for today is, like, you know, figure out the cat situation, essentially. And uh, Z, at the crap yard, is, uh, you know, she's already got 26 cats, so what's one more? Uh, and she's, unsurprisingly, very willing to take it on. We will, however, need a transport box, which she does not have. And she's like, maybe you'll have some luck at the Rambler and Gambler. So... We go to going the store. to the convenience store, going to Walgreens uh-huh. to try to get a specialty pet transport cardboard box. Yeah, you know. What they, are you doing, Shade? <laughs> Listen, they've got an item available for purchase called K-drama food, which is not edible, but it looks really good. So why wouldn't they also have, you know, some pet smart shit? No, there's like a back to like the dumb division of character stuff. There's a really dumb example of this where it's clear they sell so much shit, and the only things we can buy are the things that Shay's like, oh, that sounds like the thing I was told to buy. Yeah. I love that. They clearly, there's like so much dialogue. They're like, they got so many products. We just can't buy those because Shade doesn't think he's supposed to. It's also it's very funny how, you know, it's like I have by the end of this episode, I had 82 grand in the bank and I have bought basically every expensive part and move there are. So I am just swimming in cash. And so you can just buy out the entire store's stock. And then all that happens is that it gets taken off of the menu of, of things available to buy. So you can't even read the jokes anymore because they're not in your inventory. So it's just like, eh, I just need to clear out this clutter. Well, the other thing, too, is like there's a weird it's pretty easy to buy out the store because there's a price discrepancy between like cat food and a giant robot arm plate. Yeah. So like everything is so cheap in there. Yeah. It might as well be free. Yeah. You're out here paying like three grand for new moves and new parts and then twenty five real dollars for um, doing with all that money. What? What does people do with all of our money that we give that's him? A, that's a good question. Dive it, into it like Scrooge McDuck into a fucking oh, vat of lean. <laughs> actually, I'm sorry. I do know and can't say. Oh, my God. Amazing. Uh, fucking I, this game and it's like goofy ass attention to detail rivals Kojima sometimes. So I feel like the answer to that is definitely going to be people wants a new body that he is commissioning himself. Mm. And also, mm-hmm. that's also a questionable content plot line. Mm. So, at the Rambler and Gambler, uh, Kaya gushes about how awesome yesterday was and how she wants a selfie with Knife and how she is our number one biggest fan now. Unfortunately, they do not have any pet box in stock and Shade just goes, well, I tried. I'll get, I guess I'll figure that out tomorrow. Deeply relatable as listeners of Icons and Icons wondering when it will come out can understand. (laughs) I have a bigger question about this, which is 
how did he get 25 cats back to Z prior to this? Oh, well, one at a time by carrying them in his very deep pockets. But he only has to move one. Yeah, but maybe it's a big cat. Or, you know, it's their Z's cats are all indoor outdoor cats. You know, they free roam. They can be guided with kibble or whatever. This cat might be an indoor only cat who just happened to be in a trash dumpster that whatever uh so (laughs) we can then head to the bar uh head to the midnight rider and there are a couple of things that have changed there is a new conversation that we can eavesdrop on one of the mercenaries that have been uh gathering around is missing uh the guy who was leaning on the pillar with the little robot uh is 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 now gone um i believe his dialogue all game long was what are you looking at yeah. yeah, what you want. And uh, our boys, uh, Charlie Boiler and Peter, are here again being like the most anime fan and wrestling fan at the same time about fighting mechas. Peter is is now such a fan that he vibrates with excitement while letting out a murder machine. They declare Peter us, was only half on board before. Now he's fully yeah. on board. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They declare us an undefeatable record breaker, killing on sight. Peter asks Charlie if he still draws stuff. Charlie is like, yeah, I do. And Peter's like, we should write a fanfic about Murder Machine. Charlie loves this this idea and wants to make it extremely gory. He wants to be like, yeah, Murder Machine ripping someone's limbs off. And then Peter is like, wait, can, can he be the hero if he's incredibly... If he's incredibly violent, like my man has never read Berserk, and uh, Charlie's response is, "Yeah, no, we just make the villain even more bloodthirsty. Like it rips people in half and sucks out their bowels and stuff." Oh um, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Joy asks, "How's it going?" And then is like, "You know, Cowboy alone may have placed Rain City on the map." And Shade's like, "Geez, I hope that's not true because he doesn't want to get found out by anybody." And Joy is like, "Yeah, I get it. This place has a cozy vibe." And uh, back at the hangar, since that's all there is for today, the National Legend is back and asks if we'll agree to a mech fight with him. He saw our fight with uh, Sayori and has been obsessing over the idea of fighting Cowboy ever since. Neb's Shay's like, I don't know, man. And then Neb's like, but we'll become rank 42 immediately, like a 150 <laughs> rank jump. And he's like, all right, fine, I guess. See you in two days. And it's a uh, National Legend says it'll be Gallo 01 versus Gallo 07, basically confirming that he's like a descendant of Guile. And he regrets what he said to Knife about him lacking the drive to win. Knife seems to become a completely different person when piloting which I just highlighted because one of the ongoing things worth dis- that we've been discussing is the separation between the character and the character when you play the character. Huh. And All right, fair. National Legend just calling this out directly about Knife. At the end of the day, Neb tries to call for the cat. Her recording of is very good. Mm-hmm. Shade catches her doing it, and Shade tells her to keep the cat. Well, Shade tells her the cat will be going to Z's. Uh, she has named the cat Punko and wants to keep it here. And Shade lets her know that if she wants to keep it here, she'll have to talk to Duke herself. He can't be involved or it'll uh, make it worse. We don't see the actual image of the cat until the until the scene with Duke, right? Yep. Until it comes okay. up from the blackout in the most comical way possible. Correct. Yeah. 
Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Then I'll then I'll wait to talk about it then. And we get a news bulletin. The Ultimate Golden God Mech Worldwide Championship, if you have forgotten the thing we're doing, has been called off. Due to the recent oil crisis, the USNA government decided to remove all financial incentives from the competition. Mech you believe the government was paying for this? Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're getting government money for blood sport. Mm-hmm. You know that's the plot of a lot of dystopian media, right? Mm-hmm. Just saying. It's just Mech- very funny that the government's like, instead of instead of just putting the pores in a ring, what if they had giant robots? We should pay for that. <laughs> the Running Man, I mean, that's- the Hunger Games. Also, is that what the, the Hunger Games is about? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay. Yeah. I don't know also, anything about the Hunger Games. It's like... um. It, it's like the reality of the NFL and the NFL on Fox animated football mecha are combining, finally. Yeah. It took the government nationalizing it to make the XFL profitable. Woof. <laughs> uh, back to the news. Mech fuel supplies are being confiscated and redirected for essential and emergency services only. Strikes and riots are flooding into the streets. And in an interview, Canyon Bolt, a veteran pilot ranked third by the commission, hey, we've heard about them, affirmed Mm -hmm. mech pilots everywhere are very unhappy with the government's decision and that entertainment is a necessary stress relief in these dire times, which, again, kind of the point of the Hunger Games. Without the government's support, many mech arenas are in danger of closing their doors. All I'm saying is that jerking it is free and doesn't require oil. <laughs> I mean, water-based doesn't rise out a lot oil? faster. Yeah, I'm but just... that's what you look. You gotta, you, you gotta. Let's not get into it. But I have strong preference for the water-based. All I'm saying. All right. All right. Um, yeah. No, we're not gonna get into it. This would be the most garbage debate in the history. Actually, it'd be really funny because uh, Matt, we know all that would happen is we'd be forcing Matt to listen to us talk about lube because it wouldn't be on the podcast. <laughs> I do know about the part that got cut from this week, so yeah. So, um, uh, we'll get into this in a second. Uh, this is not how I expected the real world plot to start colliding with the in-game plot, and I'll have more excited and interesting things to say about in a second. But I do have the goofiest uh, government rationing supplies item in my possession, I think, of all time, which is that my marimba that I play music on was built in the 1940s and uh, metal was being rationed. And so uh, the resonators for the marimba are made of reinforced cardboard. So I have had these gold painted, like reinforced wooden and cardboard resonators in my possession, trying desperately not to like break or ruin them for, you know, they're, (laughs) these are 75 year old, uh, cardboard resonators. It's great. Sometimes rationing creates funny things. I can't even make fun of you for playing marimba because I play theoretically maybe an even more ostentatious and out there instrument now. Oh yeah. That's why I was, that's why I was comfortable sharing this on this podcast. I, I, have, I think I've, I think I've previously bullied you for this before on a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, we hit day thirty-two. 
even so again this is some script issues because uh it, and you know calling out the script on individual details rather than uh overarching like hey this is falling apart because they were like re rewriting by the seat of their pants i don't necessarily want to get into CinemaSins territory, but here it made me very grumpy because uh, National Legend is like, I'm going to fight you in two days. And then uh, the next time we get a thing, it's like, actually, no, there are three more days. Yeah, uh, well, let's be fair. This caused minor scheduling drama during the did. planning of this episode. <laughs> it very much I was did. like, only two days. We might have to do two sections. I had to at everyone twice. Mm -hmm. So... At the beginning of the day, Shade rolls into the hangar and greets an exhausted Duke. Shade is like, where the crap is everybody? And uh, Nebraska said that she needed Knife's help for something and that the two of them have a great plan to convince Duke to let them keep the cat. So when we do our, uh, our like, hangar check-in, uh, not only is Knife gone, but also his practice treadmill is gone, which, uh, you know, he, like... Duke is mad because he thinks that no one wants to work these days, you know, fucking millennials and their avocado toast. Uh, but actually, he is training wherever he is, which is great. Um, well, and then Pete I like to think that since he's in the basement playing with the cat, he's got like one of those little dangly toys and is playing with the cat while running on a treadmill in the basement. Yeah. Also, <laughs> videos videos of cats on treadmills are all fucking great. So... We talked to Pipu, and uh, he gives a. I, it, this really tickled me, where his like existentialism and body dysmorphia continue to like intertwine and make him angrier and angrier at his existence. And he's like, "Ugh, everybody's gone. I can't go walking anywhere because my legs are too short." And then he goes evil Pipu and says, "I wish I could punch my creator in the eye." And this continues to be funny for me. I, I just saw it done better in Near Automata. Oh, wow. Wow. Didn't think about that, but sure. Literally yes. the first line of the game, yes. Uh-huh. Also, uh, just talking about the script issues, the characters are running out of dialogue. You'll have five people in a room and only two will be able to speak to you. Like, look at the RNG over the next couple days. I actually checked this. Z runs out of dialogue after, well, I'll take the cat, sugar. Vanishes from this chunk. Uh, Sayori says nothing to us on camera. Right after you talk to Jack in one of these, he stops being interactable. You can't even get the repeated dialogue. I think this is, this is a result of a balancing issue, actually. Because the scale of the next set of upgrades, like in cost is very high and if people if you don't want to make people grind a mini games because they might not have maxed out the arcade the way to do it is to introduce more time into the game like this is like i think one of my overall thoughts of this game is that this game could be like 53 days long and be fine but then you're requiring that people do every mini game once a day as part of their check-in and you're like enforcing the loop rather than letting people kind of do it whatever yeah so there's like I, that inherent tension of the mechanics and the visual novel rubbing together. Totally. And 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 that 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 tension is really starting to get under my skin because uh, because of its like hybrid genre nature cuz I've been I've been 
playing a lot more visual, like just like pure visual novels. And um, if this were a pure visual novel, you wouldn't have all of the like check-ins every single day and there wouldn't be as much impetus to repeat these same mini games for cash and all of that but it's still paced like a visual novel a genre that is known for pacing issues and i kind of like i i i kind of welcome the the pairing down of of you know of incidental dialogue not i mean it all of the world building stuff is is good but it does feel like the game is like all right we're fully in the second half we've got to have our pedal to the metal here and let you know let's like let's streamline some shit i kind of wish they went harder in the streamlining in some places because there is just there's too much a stretch of like 10 days at the end where no one has anything to say okay because you're just doing the end of the game yeah and like i i there's there's too much plot for the amount of game there is and we're like right at the breaking point because we're about to unlock the next year of upgrades the plot is really starting to go and it's like every time we start to reach that point i start to get tired of the game and that's frustrating because there's so many things that i like about it yeah the 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 pacing you could take like three days out of because the game has is basically in three acts right you could it's before now now and then the ending chunk and we could probably take three days out of each of one and nothing would be lost yeah except then you have that worry where some people are suddenly forced to grind for stuff or locked in it if they save at the wrong spot they're locked into like a witch time for a battle they can't win or whatever Mm -hmm. i mean this game also disables your saves randomly just as a fuck you but there's also the fact that a thing that this game has that visual novels don't is you don't have a free day of just hucking everything around on the floor and going, figure it out, in the middle of a fucking Higurashi. Right. Everything right. you see is written, in the case of a good one, has been run by an editor to go, you don't need this, so we don't have to make art assets for it. And this game is now running into the failures of two genres because it's trying to be more than it can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Again, it's like, the, you know, I I root for this game extremely hard because it is very scrappy underdog, and I've been thinking a lot about how there are so many more good indie games now than there were during the indie revolution, but, like, the eyeballs aren't there anymore because it's all been so blown up because there are so many games and because like AAA has kind of like eaten the the top tier indie a little bit and has been like oh we make those too and so i like you know a lot of the failings of this game are small team micro budget not enough time for like play testers and editors and stuff uh and so when i'm ragging on this stuff please know that i have a ton of affection for this game and its creators in my heart we have described a lot of the games we talk about as like really interesting seven out of tens but this is like the most true interesting seven out of ten there's ever been on our podcast (laughs) (laughs) i think i'm just gonna stop stop being polite about this i highly fucking disagree at this point 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't like it? No. This I'm I'm at the point where if I were not playing this for this show, I would have either put this down or burned through to the end. But I think the pacing issues are being exacerbated by coming at this in chunks of little bits at a time where very little happens, gameplay does not change, and it is starting to run out of content even in these limited nuggets. Yeah, I the the making a podcast part of it part is not helping. I think that maybe were I going a little harder in each chunk, because I'm playing under an hour every time we do one of these recordings. Yeah, so it's like uh, three hours if you're listening to voice acting, right? Maybe. Yeah, and and uh, because because I am still uh, pineapple grinding because I I just I. I like giving people treats. Um, This this week took me about six hours of playtime. I don't have to do that, but I'm just I, you know, I keep unlocking new stances, and those some of those stances are really interesting. So um, I I I keep grinding for pineapples so I can turn the pineapples into friendship points, and then turn those friendship points into new videotapes. I am curious. Yeah, I got like three today. How? Is there an easy, like, does it tell you what the max on a single character is? How many ranks they no, have? No, but I think okay. it might be five. Um, okay. It's, it's, I think it, it's at least six because. Um, you get a reward though. Or does this oh, number to go get a reward? Forever? That's a good question. That's a good question because yeah, it's. You yeah, know, I just didn't know if the UI had anything for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the UI tells you how many pineapples you need to get each person to rank up, but it doesn't tell you because sometimes you go up a rank. It does. It does. Um, if you go back to the um, if you go back to the tree at the hospital and touch the pineapple, you get a UI image of every pineappleable character and what level they're at and how many more pineapples you need to give them to advance to the next rank. And I have, I think Nebraska is on level six and everybody else is on level five and it's continuing to let me give them pineapples and it has a number of when I'll rank up. Maybe there is no max and I can just keep ranking up, but they'll stop giving me shit. But right now people are still giving me shit. Okay. Yeah, I just didn't know if it was a... Six out of ten bar somewhere, because I can't see those things. Mm -hmm. All right. So at the Rambler and Gambler, Neb is actually behind the counter at the cash register. It seems that she is now going to be working part-time as a cashier at the Rambler itself. Knife is off-screen taking care of Punko in the basement. Nebraska has decided that she is going to be mature and pay for the cat's needs by working here, and this is part of the plan that she and Knife have to convince Duke. Kaya loves all this because, it turns out, she's into drama on some level. Not a (laughs) surprise. She's, you know, kind of got a curiosity, maybe schoolgirl crush on Shade. Yeah, it seems like she's going to have a very rough type in the future. She's also mm-hmm. just, like, the most normal child ever. Like, anything that is, like, mildly transgressive is she's, like, way too into it. Like, oh, gore? Like, blood sport? This horror game? And also drama? Anything mildly transgressive Kyle loves. It's mm-hmm. it's the drama, but also it's the fact that her imagination seems to run away with her about, what is, what is Shade like? Was he a gangster? What? Hey, you know what? I... 
I've known you for maybe 10 minutes, Nebraska, and we should totally just hang out or go do things or steal my mom's truck and go to the shooting range. And I have this long fantasy that I'm going to over explain to you. Mm -hmm. It's been Um, 24 hours and 10 minutes at least. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, and throughout all of this, I just have no clue about what kind of parent Sayuki is because all that happens is that she like, you know, rolls her eyes and gives a three ellipsis response to most of this stuff. Sayuki. In her extremely grumpy Jersey, like mom voice. Mm-hmm. I know Sayuki was in the game originally because she's in the script, but Sayuki feels like a cut character. It feels like Sayuki would hang out at the church, which is also clearly a cut location based on the design of the map. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I I think we've mentioned it in passing, but there is just a visible, in the same art style as all the selectable buildings on the map church, that has been chilling and obvious there since the start of the game. Yeah, we will never go there, I don't think. No. I was surprised that we didn't get to go into the basement. happens in it. Like, there's a background for it, mm-hmm. I think. I think. But we'll never go there. Yeah, I I was surprised that they didn't get it, give us, like, a new environment screen for the basement because we know that Knife is in the basement and uh, there's a door that has a prompt that uh, where um, if you interact with it, it just says, I wonder where that goes, which is clearly the basement. But, um, nope, we can't travel down there. We can't see the cat yet. And it doesn't even change the prompt when Knife is down there. It's just like, oh, pineapple's on a treadmill. Nothing. It's just, wonder what's down there. They just told you what's down there, Shade. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nebraska, however, is not such a real cashier that you can buy things from her or start bike delivery missions, and you have to talk to Kaya for that. It's once worth you, noting, I don't think we brought it up, but once you can do bike delivery for here, it doesn't matter where you start it, but this is when bike delivery suddenly becomes the best way to make money because now you can drop off to five weirdos. Yeah. Yeah. They're two different It doesn't courses. matter what location you start it from. No, oh, really? well, no, they have the same reward pool. Oh, okay, got it. I was saying, yeah, um, from what I've seen, Z's is a different map. Yeah, it looks different, but it gets upgraded. To also be five weirdos with the same reward pool once you can do it here. All right, I'll have to check that. Hmm. Because it's it's like you're doing, basically it's like you're doing Postmates and Grubhub at the same time. Is basically what's happening. I hate that now. I hate that so much. Anyhow. You're welcome. After Shade leaves, we get a scene between Kaya and Nebraska. Neb says Shade isn't her father and the whole thing is uh, complicated. Kaya goes, or is d- do you know about Shade's gangster past? And is he great in a fight? And Nebraska says, uh, she doesn't really know about that, but she does tell Kaya he used to build the cutest pillow forts for her when she was a kid. And Kaya's kind of like, she does her mom's ellipsis at this. Let it be known that I am doing the script some slight favors when I take notes, because what gets said here is blanket houses. Which obviously means pillow forts, but also, come on. Well, and then Kaya's like, blanket houses, because yeah, she's like, oh, no, I thought you were, like, a person who likes murder like me, not, like, pillow forts. 
Which oh, is, I only like arson. Settle down, Kyle. I was going to say, very funny shortly. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, when we get back to the hangar, Duke asks Shade if he found the pair, and he tells him that Neb got a job. And Duke seems surprised that she's working. Like, the, the, the line read here is really good. Like, it's just unfathomable that someone would have a job. Um, and he goes, Shade's always, Shade tells him that Neb's always been able to handle herself like that. And at the end of the day, everyone is back. Knife says that he had a great day. And when Duke asks what he did, he said, I spent the whole day taking care of something special. And uh, Nebraska is about to tell Duke about the cat uh, when Peepoo goes, hey, man, what the hell are you doing here? And the camera <laughs> slides over and there's National Legend. And he's like, hey, guys, I guess you didn't know, but the UGG is canceled. And Duke is like fucking furious. Everyone is upset except Neb, who is trying to keep it a secret, which like presumably is so she can continue to hang out here instead of being sent back home. So I had a different reading on this because her line is, um, you know, oh, I can't believe I missed this. It's all over the web. And I thought that she also didn't know because she was so preoccupied with her plan um, to keep Punko and, you know, getting a job. I think what she says is, I can't believe I let it slip. It's all over the web. Which to me means like she was trying to hide this from everybody. You can read this Mm. either way for sure now that you bring it up. Yeah, it's such Mm -hmm. a weird line that I also remember let it slip being in there. Okay. Yeah. It's strange. It is strange. Because she could... Because let it slip could be, wow, I can't believe I let this slip past me. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Either way, weird for Nebraska. Either way, somehow. Uh-huh. On the computer every day, doing homework on the internet. Right, right, exactly. Um, National Legend still really wants to fight, and so does Knife, so the bout is still on. National Legend leaves, and Duke just begins spiraling. He really needed the cash. Uh, Knife suggests we do some smaller tournaments. Duke says, by the time I can cover my debts that way, I'll owe double. Duke declares that their dream is dead and everyone does their sad portrait face. And then the camera fades and someone says, it's a blackout. And suddenly when the camera comes back up, Punko is there on the table and Duke has flipped his chair over backwards and is laying on the ground. And Duke begins to just wallow in sadness and blames everything on Punko. Yeah, so... Bunko looks like it has four eyes because of the way that the pupils look because it's a black and white game and this is a black cat. And then everyone kind of says like, oh, man, Punko has kind of a weird face. And I'm like, yeah, because it literally has four eyeballs, you weirdos. Um, He also like it. At the pig pen lines. Yeah, right. Um, This also... Like, this really broke my heart because Duke says, like, you know, it's like, finally, we can admit the dream is dead. It's probably a relief in the long run. And then he's like, I just, I just wanted to believe in it one time. I just wanted to believe in it because the last time I didn't believe. And even though Duke is a self-pitying sad sack, which uh, I'm about to talk about in the notes, um... Like it, it, it really was a gut punch to me. It, it hurt to hear him so crestfallen. If you don't believe in anything, you can't be sad. <laughs> Life advice from Chris Taylor. <laughs> 
Yeah, you covered anything I had. It's really good stuff. I think so. I don't yeah. do a bit about it, but I think this is like Duke is like a really good character. Yeah, well, and, you know, in the back of my head throughout all of this is the fact that, like, Shade conspired to kidnap Duke's mom to, quote, keep her safe and also, quote, keep him on task. And, like, you know, what if Dragon could just join the crew for a while instead and then Duke would not be so terrified there it just you know shade self-serving nature is rearing its head in the background to me again and uh makes me very mad at him actually i'm gonna be real I, oh, go ahead i do have something to say so i rewatched heat this week and Ooh. uh you know what really comes into comparison for me discussing that the discussion of shade just keeping his mother safe is so much less effective then a single scene of De Niro showing up to Kilmer's wife and going, no, you're going to keep it together. You're going to give him one more chance. And if you want to fuck off after that, I'll give you all the money. You can run to the hills, but I need him focused right now. And it's so much better than just an off screen. Uh, I don't know. A guy does it. Because it's dialogue, which is something where when this game tries, it can actually be pretty alright. But we just waved something away to give that exact same effect. Hmm. I mean, we did hmm. it through dialogue. There's like an explicit phone call about it. The only difference is, is that they don't want to draw new locations and have animation, because I sure. don't think they can afford it. We also did the dialogue after it happened. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, well, we did it before, also. And also... Heat is a masterpiece that also had all of the budget that Michael Mann could muster in inside it. And, uh, you know, that's not to say that it's an unfair comparison, but also Heat is fucking Heat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Watch Heat, listeners. Yeah, please watch Heat. Excuse me, save your plugs for the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll have something else to plug then. So, uh... Nebraska at this finally snaps and she's like, shut the fuck up. And then the lights come back on and she is on the table doing her excited karate martial arts loop. She's like, it's just a cat. It can't be blamed for your screwed up life. You did that yourself. And then she goes on to uh, defend pit bulls, but for, for to do defending pit bulls, but for black cats, she's like, I'm sick and tired of everyone blaming misfortune on black cats. They're good cats. There's like several lines, that like boxes about this. It goes on for a while. It does. It it does. I in my notes is just in all caps the words Nebraska and then five exclamation points because I was hype for this because she was saying that shit. So she's like, she's like, who cares if the ultimate golden god championship was called off? Duke then just, like, yells the truth at her, telling Nebraska that his mother was kidnapped and will be killed if he doesn't pay in time. Nebraska's like, I know. I've heard it all. She knows about Dragon. She knows about the bank robbery. She knows about GW's gory, violent suicide. So, the use of the word gory here, and the fact that when GW talks about his body in the previous scenes with the knife, like, makes it sound like he blew himself up. Mm-hmm. Like, a mm -hmm. maybe... Like, what's up with that? Yeah, yeah. 
and it it is it 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 it's a little startling. She reminds him that he's always whining and blaming his problems on some dumb shit, but he's the one who made a pile of trash into a robot. He's awesome, so he needs to shut the fuck up and do something about his problems. He's better than this. She says, we all make mistakes. I set my school on fire. <laughs> everyone, everyone just kind of like stops and stares for a second, like, oh shit, she just admitted it. She then goes on and she's and 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 she's like, and I might have also been the reason that Shade and my mom split up. There's a line when she talks about the arson where she says, I did it very carefully so nobody yeah. got hurt. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's she's like, uh, listen, I... <laughs> so it's not even an accident. It's I very carefully planned my arson. Look, Sybil, we just recorded a podcast about carefully planned arson, Okay. Look, I was reading actual true crime books about carefully planned arsons in high school. I get it. But I also don't go around confessing to incredibly premeditated crimes. Um, It's been a while, so now you can. (laughs) I I definitely knew a girl in high school who started setting trash cans on fire inside the school as a cry for help. (laughs) She keeps pushing back on duke she says i'm so tired of seeing you grown-ups make the same make up the same lame excuses i was let down by the only adult i thought could be any different and i made sure not to be that person essentially omega oof here by the way oh oh yeah just the most shade that could possibly be thrown at shade here She tells him straight up, we're going to keep going. Don't be a fucking baby. Also, I'm keeping this cat. You know, her careful plan just totally dashed by National Legend's arrival. Uh, So she's like, I'm keeping this fucking cat. And if you touch her, I will burn this place to the ground. Nebraska leaves and the adults reconvene. They're all shocked by Neb and also all agree that she's right. Knife says it's fine if they take some L's. They just got to keep doing better every time. And, okay, I love this moment. I love this moment. However, there is, and it might be intentional here. It might be totally intentional. But there is a big contradiction in these twin themes here because this game is about people in unfortunate circumstances being jerked around by events beyond their control being like conscripted into causes that they don't care about being ostracized by those causes having to turn to shady and dangerous methods in order to eke out some sort of existence for themselves and then like being further criminalized by that so like you know it is a game about circumstances beyond people's control fucking over people's lives and also it is about how you cannot blame those things for your station and look at all the things that you're capable of if you're just willing to believe in e- believe in yourself and believe in each other. And um, I think those themes apply to different characters. They do, but there right. is still a te- there's still a tension there because the world that the game has set up is one of powerful forces fucking over the little guy and making the little guy turn into an outcast that has to do crimes. Well, Shade was already a criminal before he joined. So. 
Yakuza, right? Like the the theme there is correct, but the point, important point, is that it's self inflicted. Mm-hmm. Like same thing with what ha- because let's be real, like Shade at this point is basically turning into Oyabun and now victimizing Duke in the same way that he was yeah. quote unquote victimized by Oyabun. Yeah. So like, yeah. but sh- but Duke is also like a willing participant in that. It's not that anyone can be fucked over and also do your best and it doesn't matter. It's that, yeah, you can get completely fucked over and jerked around if you are not careful with what you do with your life. Sure. And and I don't necessarily I I'm I'm not trying to say that 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 this is a flaw in the writing of this game. It's just that these two themes are currently in tension for me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely they are intentioned. And I just think it's like worth like having a discussion clarifying discussion on them. Because Absolutely. they will continue to diverge. Mm-hmm. Day 33, this is a free day, so we basically just have start of day and end of day conversations. Duke wants to know what we're going to do from now on, and Shade says, let's just have our bout and worry about the rest later. Let's do one goal at a time. Duke sighs, says, all right, I'm going to try to be more patient from now on, which gets him a ribbing from Shade. Uh, after the ripping, if you keep talking to him, he, uh, Duke, like in a very resigned and depressed voice says, don't push my buttons, Catman. I'm dying <laughs> on the inside. That's so good. Yeah. But uh, also round- very sad because from his perspective, I lost my only chance to get pay, pay my abducted mother's ransom. And that's not what's happening at all. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, around town, everyone will just offer generic condolences. At the end of day, no one could find any intel on National Legends Mech. I will point out, at this point, because I was looking around in the script for uh, details on a character to check something, I did find out that on this day originally, you were supposed to have a very different experience with uh, the arcade owner. And that was actually just going to be you choose in certain conversations what amount of money to give him, and it will take that off the block, where you would eventually give him enough money on all three options to develop the place up. So that had a whole different mechanic before it uh, came into contact with you. It was supposed to be an ongoing thing where the amount of money you made ramped up instead of it's dump everything you make into it as fast as you can. And then it will pay off even harder in the long run. It was supposed to be more of a system of like, right now you're getting 500 bucks a day. And at phase two, you get a thousand bucks a day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Instead, now it's like very weird where you're basically making 1250 a day. And it just stops very quickly if you put in that initial investment. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the captain has literally nothing to say ever at this point, other than the introductory cutscene, which is a bummer because he's a cool character. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, it was just very weird running into him again in the script and being like, oh, he he did more once. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, day 34, you have one day to the fight, and Shade has decided that he is going to, A, ask Fancy Jack for info on the P1 Gallo 01, and also just check at the bar, just in case of things. You know what? Sorry, I want to go back to this captain thing because it, you know what it makes me wish is that this game, because let's be real, Raw Fury is like really small, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, I would love if this game had like devolver money instead. Oh, absolutely. Because like all this stuff that's cut and the extra time to take the extra pass, this game could be like fucking incredible. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I, I think I, it's I, literally I, only Raw Fury can't afford it, and neither can the developers. There is an alternate world where this game picked up some hype over time, became a small indie cult following, and maybe you got one of those stories where, all right, we're going back and we're remastering the skeleton we put out and we're going to do this again. That will you know never happen taken, with this game. All it would have taken is like... like a discussion on like a giant bomb or a waypoint during Steam Next Fest, which is where this game was. But this mm-hmm. n- I never heard this talked about anywhere in any of like the Next Fest roundups. Yeah, and like I, 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 I have heard Austin Walker talk about it like on a guest podcast somewhere in passing to say, "Oh yeah, I've heard Wolfstride does some interesting things with with uh, with mech stories in a JRPG battle, but I haven't gotten to it." And that's the only time that like a major podcaster that I follow has talked about this game. Yeah, no, we're we're probably one of these. I would say. We are the top Wolfstride experts that didn't work on it at this point. Probably. Mm-hmm. How sobering. Gonna, I'm going to put that in my work email, Wolfstride expert. <laughs> World's foremost, since I played it twice. <laughs> at one point in time, I could have very possibly been the world's foremost fatal scholar, and that was sobering to me at the time. <laughs> there are there are too many cool games that no one will ever play, and that bums me out a lot. This is one of them. I do not want you to think that is an endorsement of Fatal, by the way. It is not an endorsement of Fatal. Let's be really fucking clear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, don't, but I was someone who had multiple drafts of unfinished and unreleased books. So that probably made me an actual scholar. Anyway, let's go to the writer, where there is a new gentleman in a booth named Deadbeat who introduces himself as a journalist. I just want to briefly point out that the character portrait for Deadbeat looks pretty dissimilar to most of the other character portraits in the game like some of the other uh uh mech fighters that we basically just see one time have a style kind of like this but it this character to me looks like like a shinichiro watanabe anime character but done in the gurren lagan style um it's wild he's like all teeth and hair I like how like, you say that makes him sound different from the rest of the characters but that's just shade you described shade <laughs> shit yeah but he looks <laughs> in a different way to shade That's okay but knife is also entirely teeth and hair yeah. 
<laughs> so much right. so You're that right. ter- God, I can't believe he's named Pineapples because of the way his hair looks. And then you look at it and you go, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> hmm. Deadbeat would like to know about the mech known as Cowboy. Shade is not that fond about giving this information off until Deadbeat offers to tell him about the Gallo 01 in exchange. Despite his attempts at staying under the radar, the journalist says, National Legends' fighting style is an open book. All Deadbeat will give us is that uh, the Gallo 01 is a close-quarters fighter with area attacks, so like the, uh, like the Gallo 07. Like Shade, every how- fucking mech we have fought before. <laughs> yeah. Shade, however tells Mr. Deadbeat that Cowboy was bought in an underground auction from an old lady as scrap. I think it's questionable if anything Shade says here is true, because he has also given the guy a fake name when the reporter thanks Mr. Jonathan at the end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, it's, it's, this, this needs to go somewhere else. I Like, this needs to go more places. This guy just can't be Peepoo, but in a different place. You know what I mean? You get nothing you wouldn't get from Peepoo, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, seeing that he did not exist in any form in the script makes it very odd that this got crowbarred in. You know what? I'm very disappointed that you can find Fancy Jack around town for reasons we'll discuss later. Okay. Will we go? We're still looking for information, right? We're still trying to. We gotta. Maybe we, Jack can give us some information. And we find Jack at the Rambler and Gambler trying to convince himself not to sabotage his diet with soda or alcohol. And he tells us that National Legend likes to put the opponent into a deadlock. Um, just very briefly, uh, during the condolences uh, section uh, yesterday, if when you when you talk to Bounty Hog, he's like, "Oh yeah." Jack is taking this even harder than you because he like really worked hard for all of the ranks that he ranked up. So that is why he is trying not to sabotage his sabotage his diet because he wants to do some uh, depression eating. Hell yeah, do it. Eat a whole fucking thing of Oreos. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, he, it's much darker than that. He's muttering to himself that he should maybe not f- possibly f- just go on a full ass bender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but is, the, the, the addition of soda to me makes it sound different. If it was just, I shouldn't buy a lot of a twenty-four pack of beer, sure. But when you're like, or a Mountain Dew, that makes it hit different to me. <laughs> yeah, for I, sure. I guess I took it very differently as an alcoholic who is on a diet right now. That's very understandable. At the back of the hangar, Peepoo suggests selling Cowboy for parts, which pisses Duke off since Bill Cosby voice, that's what I wanted in the first place. Peepoo says that National Legend would probably pay a fortune, but uh, Duke refuses. At this point, he doesn't want to sell. He has worked so long and hard on this piece of shit that it's basically family. He wants to make Cowboy a champion, the champion it deserves to be. I love this. I do, too. Also, I always like to note when Duke says shit instead of crap, because crap is like every other word that comes out of his mouth. And it's like he uses shit when he's like really caring about something. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
the end of day here, we get a little uh, black screen voice only flashback to the formation of the gang, the Dead Motherfucker Society. GW says, make yourself at home. And when Shade asks where they are, we hear Duke's voice say it's just his mother's basement. GW introduces Duke to Shade as a mechanic that he trusts. Then he introduces Albin Liege, who is Knife. Amazing name. Amazing. Mm-hmm. 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 I, yeah, it was, that was great. GW says they just call him pineapples because of the hair and then tells them that he works at a bank, which, you know, makes me think, oh, did they recruit pineapples because he was the guy who could get them into the bank for the robbery? Is that why he's a part of this? I don't think so. I think he's there because he's bored and thinks GW is cool, which is basically how all of these people met is that they thought GW was cool. Yes, yes, but also I wonder why GW was like uh, GW was probably like, oh, this guy thinks that I'm cool. I can use this. That that's my GW one hundred percent probably, but mm-hmm. the group I don't think so. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> so uh, GW then introduces Dominic Shade, and everyone thinks that his name is cool. GW says they won't need names or their pasts here. This is the Dead Motherfuckers Society. Here, they can be whatever the hell they want to be. No judgments allowed. He also thought that uh, they should all have uh, cool nicknames or something like a secret society. Duke asks if they aren't too old for this crap, to which GW snaps, I said no judgment. GW says they can call him Cowboy from now on. Which makes me sad. I know. He's like... I'm I'm kind of fine with pineapples, but couldn't I be something like Sword Lion or Blade Tiger? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, GW, GW says, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, you you you'll be pineapples until you pick something for sure. Duke obviously asks to go by Wizard, which GW scoffs at, and it's Duke's turn to be like, "Hey, you said no judgment." Shade is like, "You can call me Wolf." This is interesting to me because a theory I had very early on in this game before we really got into things and started hearing GW monologue like a motherfucker was that I thought he had transferred his dying self into the robot before it looked like we started going in a very different direction. Mm. No, it's not about the robot at all. Yeah, no, no, no. I think it's going to be something very different now. I just thought that that was going to cowboy and there were references to their friend's suicide and why this brought them all together and i was thinking oh gw willed this to them because he's inside it and he's gonna be with them that way it's like nope not where this story goes Mm -hmm. i didn't want to take this away from you but now that we're more at the time but now that we're more than halfway through this game has the robot in it but it's not about the robot in any way which is which i like like I like Mecha fiction where it is a world that Mecha exists, but we're not entirely all about that all the time. Yeah, it's still definitely part of this, though, because the right. The mystery of the Gallo series is definitely a driving force in our middle act. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not really a mystery at this point, right? We already know 100 percent what the deal is. Well, we know where it came from. We don't have a 100% on how it got to us or how GW got it. Mm-hmm. Oh, does that matter, though? I don't it, know. It, it, the, the game 
signals that it is still a a matter of intrigue for sure. Uh, The way that it's obscuring it, the way that, uh, you know, we get very selective flashbacks to kind of slowly fill in, you know, this group getting together and shit, and we still don't know how or why they got the robot. Like it, it, I, I do think the game is trying to say that at least somewhat matters, you know, as much as all of the background mysteries matter in this game at the very least. The game got it because they split up and then GW just bought it by himself with his take of the money for some other harebrained scheme he had and then instead killed himself and left it to them in his will is where we're at right now. I won't be surprised if the game doesn't give a full accounting, but I feel like the game wants you to wonder about some of the contradictions. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying at this point, I wanted to know what hole you thought there was beyond its cool intrigue. I wanted to know if you thought there was a hole like we had missed that you thought impacted the plot. No, no, I don't know what I expect out of the plot for reasons that will come up at the end of this episode right now. At the end of this episode, fucking banger. (laughs) (laughs) So... We are at day 35, the fight versus the P1 Gallo 01. Oh, real quick, in the chat, Ryan, you thought Punko had four eyes. Wait until you see what it looks like when you paste a screenshot into a color-inverted Google Docs. Oh, geez. Uh... (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Terrifying. My Google Drive looks like right now. It, It looks like a wolf spider. Yeah, it does. 100%. That cat has a jacked up uh, Trails of Cold Steel tail. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, yeah, it, I thought that it I, I, I thought that it was smell lines, but I also think that it might just be a very, very long and overactive tail. No, no way. None of the other think, cats look like that. I think that's a tail. Okay, I could go either way. I think way. it just smells bad. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the cat graphic centrist because I could really go either way on. I'm this. biased because, and I'm gonna tell you something, listeners, that will ruin this for you if you ever play this series. The Trails of Cold Steel series has a cat in it named Celine. When you see Celine, you will first see her not moving in cutscenes. When oh, she no, starts moving me. around and following phones. you. You will realize, especially anytime she jumps up into arms or off of something, her tail is as long as some character's legs. Like, yeah, it's wild. Mm-hmm. It's quite a cat. Yeah. I Anyhow, did it. I managed to successfully dodge. I will do it one beautiful. day. Good. I hope you enjoy that series. I'm playing through one oh, of well. the spinoffs right now for another podcast. I really, yeah. I had I, been holding off. Because at one point, it seemed like we would catch up with Final Fantasy fourteen and need to do something else. And now I don't think we have a chance in hell of ever doing that. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I would. I, I, I love the Trails series, but I do not think that there will be space on our schedule to do the Trails series for coverage ever. Don't worry. That's why I'm covering it on two different shows that I'll plug at the end. Great. Anyhow, Peepoo's glad Take the that, whole Whatever it is you plugged earlier. <laughs> Peepoo's glad the whole gang is back together because he's been really lonely in the hangar. 
Knife and Nebraska are training in front of our fucked up tiny cat. Pipu tells him to keep his arms up, and Knife says if he puts them any higher, Ned will punch him in the face. Pipu gives his deep voice, that's what I want. <laughs> when we inevitably start fight night, Z is not here with May coming along and delivering a few custom parts for us. Was there any dialogue? I dropped my controller here and I missed like a couple of lines on accident. Yeah. So first bounty hog is like, oh, I'm so glad that the old lady's not here. I hate the way she smells and I could tell that she wasn't here because I don't smell her. And he like goes on some like extended simile involving like the oil that old ladies use and like weird perfume. And then he goes, ah, just kidding. She smells like kids vomit. If kids I thought you were going to say the oil that old ladies excrete, and I was like, excuse (laughs) me? Yeah, you know. Yeah, Bounty Hog just did that line from Silence the Lambs. I can smell your... Wait, no, I'm not going to say that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, we're going to go past that. And then, yeah, so, like, he's clearly still very conflicted about his attraction to Z when he's like, yeah, smells like kids vomit if kids ate flowers. So, clearly, he's into her scent in some way. Yeah, what a weird little freak. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 And and then yeah no there's there there's no there's no real like announcement dialogue or anything uh, or you know new plot details when you hit the fight button it just goes straight into the fight. It does look like your mech a lot, which is cool. Like the designs are very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's basically the RX seventy eight oh two versus a GM. You see where they have a design. This fight was very hard for me. This is exactly the same play style and build that I have, but the numbers are higher and the enemy goes first. Oh, really? Okay, something's different then because I did not let him move. Yeah, this was a two-turn fight for me. This this was extremely easy for me and it it it's um I, I'm 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 at level 20 of the arcade battle cast but no uh level 21 of the arcade battle pass and you mm-hmm. know it's not even the super bosses that are harder than the plot bosses at this stage it's also just like the normal ranked match bosses that give me a much tougher time this was an extremely quick fight for me and so it was it was funny because there was all this buildup in my head of like, oh my gosh, this is going to be, you know, like two equals battling. And then I just wiped the floor with this guy. Yeah. For, for context listeners at home, the battle pass goes to 24. Yeah. I wonder why yours goes. I wonder why you go first. Do you have an engine that allows you to go first? Or do you just like have an engine that gives you more AP? Yeah. I will have have to experiment with that because I thought that, the who moves first was randomized. I'll mess around with builds and see if I can figure it out in the simulator. It might be randomized. And I got I went second, but it was not good. Like I had mm. the one arm that could do money maker left and like the core almost toast. It was wow. not great. And the, pro- uh, the one of the biggest like numerical problems was that I had switched to using um, Canyon Guard and they were using Cactus Guard, which is shorter but provides a lot more armor. Interesting. And you spam it more. Yeah. I have made a note. I will get us an answer before the next recording about how the hell the order works. I'll dig under the hood. 
after this, we get some news. Oh no, we do the. Wait, what? Oh, we're at expedition. Expedition. Yeah, you're at expedition. Too far. Yeah, there's not even like we don't even get a scene of the celebration at the. That's uh, fine. At the midnight right? No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for it. But yeah, the the game just wants to cut straight to it. Which is good. How many times do I need to see that? Like every everyone has a specific drink. Joyce knows what it is. She makes it. Duke drinks too many, too much beer, and there's a gag about how they're spending all the prize winnings. Like I had this scene a bunch of times. Thank you, game. Sure. I want to know what Jack did. I want to know where Jack is. Oh well, we'll find out where Jack is later. Don't worry about it. All right. We're back at the expedition bluff now. All of a sudden, we just cut there. Like the celebration is over, and Jade is out smoking or whatever. And uh, and then Oyubun is just there doing his little gremlin crouch behind him. And he tells Shade that it seems like Knife has awakened to his true self, his way of the sword. And Oyubun says, it reminds him of a fucking brat he used to know. A kid who'd never give up, no matter the adversity. Too bad that kid has become a fucking wimp. Oyubun says that when he was young, he wanted to change his country and prove it. He joined the Yakuza to help fulfill that dream. Look, this is the plot of the Like a Dragon series. I know, but the romance... I don't know, man. I know it's a cultural thing, but the romantic the romanticization of the Yakuza is really rough for me. Personally. It is to me. Do not... Yeah. Okay, but... Tell me you've never known an Italian-American who didn't think the same thing about the Mafia. Tell I me haven't. You've... I know really? so many, including some that are like first generation. They're all like, yeah, those guys fucking suck ass and made it impossible for us to be here. And that's why we're jokes. Really interesting. I have. Yes. Uh, OK, you and I have known very different Italians. I'm sorry, you know, people <laughs> from New Jersey. <laughs> that's what that sounds like. Yeah, it could be. Um, I didn't yeah. fucking check their card. Because, like, that's, the you know... It, well, I, Italians do not have a card, Sybil. Let me tell you that. <laughs> we yeah, don't they do. need a special registration. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's how big the fucking gilded cross around their neck is. That's true. I do have so, my ID in there. <laughs> so, uh... I, I forgive it more in... The like a dragon series because the tone of that series is so tonally goofy where it it goes between slapstick and soap opera just like back and forth here the yakuza are never like there there is a lot of goofy humor in this humor in this game the yakuza is almost never part of that goofy humor it's always in the serious melodramatic parts and does anyone in real life ever join the Yakuza for noble causes? Like, it, it, but it, it here's well, what I think. I think this happens because these people are fans of media. And I yeah. think that's where this perspective comes from. Because Wolfstride is a game that loves media. And sometimes it turns out that that media is about how the Yakuza was cool and good. And people, the media, people in those media did do it for noble reasons. But here, removed from that, and it's just being dropped into the larger construct construct of everything else that is Wolfstride. It's fucking weird to me. Yeah, it 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 does not feel good to me either. Also, I feel I should point out I was making a joke when I said that y- you know that Kiryu is actually kicked out of the Yakuza and trying to leave it in most games. Yes. Yeah, he I is. know that. You're right. <laughs> yes. Just just saying. 
You uh-huh. you barely play as an actual Yakuza in the series formerly but, known as Yakuza. But all the people who know him, that he knows, like his homeboy that he like tries to murder him in the one game. Spoilers, I guess. All the other characters are into it and think it's good and they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like all of the low level people you interact with. In and tend games. to come to the most violent, stupid ends. Also yeah, true. Because they're chumps. But but they're... also they they are chumps. But also Sega Sammy as a publisher does have explicit Yakuza ties in their in, in their organization. Oh yeah. That rocks. What the fuck did we just talk about? <laughs> what look i think it no i think it rocks in the ironic way that they're like here's our game about how the yakuza is bad brought to you by the yakuza <laughs> that's funny to me that ironically rocks chris taylor irony is dead <sighs> anyway this is weird, but we'll pretend that it's cool and normal that Oyuba joined the Yakuza to make his Japan a better country. Uh-huh. Through hardship, he became a lieutenant and protected dozens of districts from the violence on the streets that his organization largely perpetuated. Interesting. He didn't care how much blood was on his hands if he could just keep his people clean. Jade says that he was just a soldier in Oyabun's personal war. He didn't care about the country. He just wanted to prove himself. The people that Oyabun protected were the same ones that made him an outcast. Jade hated Japan. He hated the Yakuza and he hated himself. He had no choice but to fight back, if only to see the looks on their faces when they couldn't bring him down. Jade tells Oyabun that he tried to live up to his virtues, but he's no really, he's no different from Knife. He was just enjoying the violence and he had no grander desires. Jade rejects Oyubun, saying that if he wants someone to carry on his legacy, Coltrane's his guy. Jade doesn't care about anything anymore. And Oyubun just says, you're a fucking liar, and time will tell a different story. A new era approaches for the world, and you will be needed more than ever. You will finally have a chance to prove your worth. Oyubun asks if Shade can hear his heart's desire, and Shade says his heart is full of shit. And then we leave. I love that line. I, 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 yeah. Like I, I, I love to hate shade. I think that shade is very well drawn. Uh, it's. I just. I love that line. Good love. Love to hate. Love to hate shade. Great character. Mm-hmm. 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 So we get a strut session with foam gun. It is a recap of our past two fights: Sailor Sayori and National Legend. There are talks about the UGG and the whole point of the game being cancelled, but says, don't worry, something new is rising from the tournament's ashes. We're about to change gears. And Foam Gun asks that, for her sake, when the time comes, we kill the pig. Done. <laughs> this is one of the first uh, fourth wall-breaking Foam Gun lines that actually got a smile out of me, where where she's like, um, yeah... The whole the whole reason why you were playing the game got canceled. So why are you still playing the fucking game? It it's dumb, but dumb in a way that made me smile instead of roll my eyes. I already know what kill the pig is, and I'm gonna. <laughs> oh oh, have you gotten that far ahead? No, I know about it as one of two things that can be missed. Mm. I've been under the See. hood of this game. Recall. Mm-hmm. We then get another little news blurb, and the news blurb says, 
Today, the National Scientific Academy of the Soviet Union has published a recent discovery regarding a new form of fuel. The super oil, as it is being called, is said to be derived from any bioorganic material infused with precise amounts of oxygen and a new periodical element. The Even though bliz- this is just super ethanol. Come on, dude. Yeah. The blazinium, or BL, still divides opinions amongst the scientific community as its existence has not been proven in practical terms. The super oil is said to provide seven times the energy produced by common gasoline, but it is still a uh, climate-destroying internal combustion fuel. Um, According to the scientific periodic table, the blazinium is responsible for the oil's burning red color and exceedingly high temperature. The Russian prime minister made a statement this afternoon regarding the new discovery, calling the super oil the, quote, new blood of the mother nation. Regardless, there has been no proof of the existence of the so-called super oil yet. And that's it for the content of this episode. How do you feel about it? So... I mentioned uh, kind of closer to the top that this is, I, I, you know, my my burning question for these last few episodes is how is the background world plot going to fold into the main character plot? And this is not what I expected. I didn't expect it to be, oh, the world circumstances have gotten so bad that the characters have to resort to even more desperate measures. And I love that i was very scared that it that the third act was going to be about like fighting a government conspiracy and it does not appear to be going that direction i've already camped out enough on my frustrations with the uh you know not enough game to carry the plot kind of stuff so i don't want to i don't want to go too hard on that Uh, what i what i will say is that i think that one of the themes that this game is consistently nailing for me whereas some of their other themes are kind of inconsistent where sometimes there's great moments sometimes there's bad moments is this theme of like this is a story of uh people whose self-hate and self-pity clouds their vision about what they really want and what they're capable of and how Self-pity gets you nowhere and just makes you a shittier person. It It's nailing those character beats for me, and I'm really appreciating it. What if I gave you a slight mechanical spoiler for not too long in the future? Go for it. So you know how you have the super bosses on the side of the battle pass? Mm-hmm. There continue to be more of those because there are super versions of the people you meet. But there's also another tier of these, like the game's equivalent of Omega weapons, which we get into once we get access to the underground mech fighting world. That sounds great. I am... Okay, there's two guesses I have about where the story is going to go with the emergence of blazenium oh actually yeah let's 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 do this also when you're done when we're done right where do you think the plot will go now (laughs) Hmm. yeah yeah one of them i think it's the less likely is that at this point we are going to start getting into much more psychological horror getter robo shit I don't think these people are deep enough mecha fans to do that. So I think what we're actually about to get 
is bootleg Guren Lagan, and I'm not here for that. Let's see if I'm wrong. Hmm. Yeah, I I hope you're wrong there. I also don't... It's like... Nebraska's speech, as hype as I was for it, was very Gurren Lagan. Her, like, y'all are awesome, and you can do anything if you just stopped hating yourselves and blaming the world. Extremely Gurren Lagan. But, but... Doesn't that guy get obliterated? I haven't watched all of Gurren Lagan. Um... Uh, one of them did. One, one of them did, but um, it it his his spirit in, ends up inspiring everyone else. Um, uh, so, like Ayn Rand, he died, and then his followers became the most insufferable people for generations to come. <laughs> Who is John Spiral? Um, <laughs> I I. Every every character is still too broken, and the game does not allow people to flip a switch except for pineapples um, and just all of a sudden get over their issues. So I do still think this is going to be a story about people who are flawed and trying their best and continue to fuck up. I do think that the introduction of underground fights means we will probably see that some of the people at the top of the ranking list are actively involved in some of the um, world state stuff. I I don't know where that's going to go necessarily, but it 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 seems like that that's where I'm thinking. For what it is worth. Um, I thought they explicitly called out the top three people were in positions of government and corporate power already. They, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's in the UGG, though. Well, yeah, but that's what I thought was meant by the top ranked. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and I guess what I'm what I'm getting at is that I think that some of the top UGG people will also be doing underground fights. Yeah, and B. Uh, this is the exact point that I have stopped at in my playing ahead because of Chris's suggestion that there would be something world-changing and I should stop there. If there is a further world-changing, I don't know yet. Yeah. Uh, this changes a lot about the game. Not, like, the way you play the game, but, like, the narrative feel of the game changes a lot here. The the very introduction to because the Because it has to, day, right? Yeah, which we all had to see just to save our games. Does yeah. does lend itself to that idea. Yeah. Like let's just let's just, let's just say cuz we're basically talking about it already because um like Ryan brought it up and stuff and it's easier for Matt to not edit it out. We're going to get into underground illegal mech fights. Mhm. Let's be let's be hype about it. <laughs> yeah, what that means, I don't know yet. I'm very curious. For what it's worth, before we started the game, I thought that all of the game was going to be underground illegal mech fights. I did not think that we were going to spend the first two acts in a sanctioned worldwide overground mech fight. Yeah, being paid for by the government. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going into act two right now. Hmm. Because, hmm. again, I've seen a little under the hood. I think this is act two. Okay. I, I'm just, yeah. It's possible, but 
I'm just looking at day 36, 27 days remaining, and I'm like, well, we're more than halfway through, so... Um, but what if you played the prologue and there wasn't an epilogue? Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, 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 okay, all right. Because Nebraska wasn't even there for, like, 10 days of it, right? Yeah. So if we yeah, make yeah, it yeah, yeah. 50 days and we chop 10 off, we're about halfway in, and it can just be a long... Act 2, always the shortest. Also true. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all have, y'all have convinced me. Also, if we are going or not, through but... a bunch of Trails games right now, let me fucking tell you about endless epilogues and divertissements and... <laughs> <sighs> when people tell you, don't try and do the final dungeon in one sitting, they mean it. Mm. 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 <laughs> yeah, what, what if the After Years was well-written, but also tacked on to the final dungeon? <laughs> What if we just fucking took the wheel of the car, swerved it directly left, and all of a sudden you have driven into another game in the series? Mm. That happens twice, at least. Yeah, it does. God. God. Anyway. Do we have any commercials? Sybil doesn't get one. She already did two. Just get <laughs> You can find my works elsewhere outside of the network and on the network itself at hellscaper.com. And let me say, you should go watch Michael Mann's Heat from 1995, truly one of the best heist movies and crime thrillers of all time. Has it always been .com? Didn't you have a .net for a while? No, never. I've always had hellscaper.com. Okay. You can also listen to the Waypoint crew talk about Michael Mann's Heat in the uh, series Manhunting, which I think since Waypoint turned over into Remap, they've released a lot of their old Waypoint premium content on the free feed, so there's a possibility that uh, listening to Rob Zachney and Dia Lucina talk about uh, Michael Mann's Heat is out there on the internet for free. But... Uh, for for a plug about us, uh, you should subscribe to our Patreon at pitchdrop.cash. Chris and I are having really good discussions about our frustrations with Heaven's Word on Icons and Icons right now. It's been a uh, really, really good time. The smart money is that in five years, we will both come be the weirdo freaks who go, A Realm Reborn is the best part of Final Fantasy fourteen. God, I know. That's where the smart money is. <laughs> I'm terrified of that. That's the only content I've played. They changed 20. a lot. It's really good now. Uh, to be fair, I quit because of people. Mm-hmm. Okay, what else? Mm. Oh, I don't think good. it's really good now. I think it doesn't have other problems that they introduce a lot of, and the pacing is the best now. Yeah. I think yeah, it yeah, might yeah. wind up being the best of them by default, not on its own <laughs> merits. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's the best I ever saw. That's right. Three people say so. A realm are born. Check it out. Small indie company, Square Enix. They could use your support. <laughs> They're starting to gamble with crypto because they just need some way to get revenue. God. I will immediately end our podcast the second anything blockchain related is in Final Fantasy fourteen. Sorry oh, to yeah. our patrons. No, I fully support that. I can't talk as somebody who has been touting Nihon Falcom notoriously shitty for 40 years. You know what? Here's what I'm going to say. 
trackballs, check them out. <laughs> uh, they're still down Peace there. Peace out, fuckers. <laughs> Truly, no, the Chris no, Remo not like drop. that. Don't do not do not attach air tags to your testicles. You don't need to track them that way. <laughs> no, I just fucking gave him a squeeze. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but for everyone okay. else, you can do I'm that in a skirt. Good, 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 goodbye, goodbye. goodbye. Can, I wear sweatpants. You can do that in sweatpants. It's fine. Why the fuck would I wear sweatpants? <laughs>